It's question and answer day, and we'll talk Brad Sweet versus Donnie Schatz, Lucas versus Outlaws, Kyle Larson over a full season, Sprint Cars versus Midgets, and a whole lot more. Let's go. It's Tuesday, August 22nd. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Before we get into today's mailbag slash Q&A show, uh, let's do a merch discount. If you use code at daily over at shop.dirttracker.com, you can get 20% off of your order. That discount is good on everything in the store right now. You will still get free shipping on orders of $20 or more in the US, and that includes both logo shirt options, the three different stickers, the koozies. I have a few of the $10 lay model shirts left, and I have one flex fit hat still here. It is a small medium. So code daily at checkout uh, at shop.dirttracker.com for 20% off. That code will expire on Wednesday at midnight Eastern. All right. Yesterday, I reached out on YouTube for some questions for today's show. So we'll get into those. I asked today's main topic. We will talk a little bit about some racing towards the end today as well. I just feel like we're in a little bit of a lull right now between some big races and the new cycle maybe seems to have slowed just a little bit. I feel like those are probably famous last words here because it always seems to be once I start uploading that some big news item will break and that will probably happen today, especially since I mentioned it. Uh, but here are the questions from you uh, and my best answers. Uh, first up, 5 off 5 on RFK says, you've mentioned uh, working on a NASCAR team before. Could you give us a little more detail about what you did? And this always seems to come up with these question and answer segments. I feel like the last few times I've done this, people are interested in me, which I find a little bit interesting. Uh, I, I don't know why you guys care about me. It's, we talk about dirt racing on the show, but... Uh, I guess it makes sense. You guys are uh, curious about where I've come from and what I've done, but I'm um, actually, I'm going to take this off the screen. And if you look over my shoulder right there, that's me. I spent uh, 16 seasons uh, as a tire changer uh, at all levels of NASCAR. I did cup uh, Xfinity trucks, uh, you know, started in, in ARCA and Hooters Pro Cup, worked my way up and I uh, retired at the end of the 2023 season. And there's lots of little bits of, uh, of memorabilia behind me from my career. And actually I had somebody ask me uh, the other day about this helmet right here. This is one of my pit crew helmets. Of when I uh, pitted the 13 car for Jermaine Racing when Casey Mears drove it. So yeah, I spent 16 seasons as an NASCAR tire changer. And along with that, kind of, you know, my interest in dirt racing has come from, you know, the first races I went to as a kid were as a, you know, were dirt races. My dad was a dirt racer in South Dakota, you know, years and years and years ago. Uh, and then I spent uh, seven years working for World Racing Group and the World of Outlaws doing uh, all of their uh, social media website stuff. And I left the uh, World Racing Group in 2020. Kind of along those same lines, uh, Landon asks if I've ever raced before. If so, what type of car? Uh, the only racing I've ever really done is bracket racing, a uh, drag racing. And if you look over my shoulder right there, this trophy uh, is actually one of my drag racing trophies. Uh, he also wants to know what my uh, stand is on the state of micro racing right now. I don't know that I'm super uh, in-depth, deep into the micro sprint world at this moment. You know, I, I know that the micros at Millbridge here uh, locally in the Charlotte area do really well each week. There's a lot of guys who have uh, kind of showed up and and created a really great atmosphere there. And it seems like micro racing is really strong around the country. You see tons of cars show up to the Tulsa shootout and some of the other big micro events, you know, big teams like, you know, Chad boat and KKM have got, uh, you know, their micro programs as well. So it seems to be going well. Uh, you know, I guess maybe I could be wrong, but I'm not super deep into that. And, and micro racing seems to be much stronger, kind of more in the Midwest than it is uh, here in the East. Uh, Darren wants to know, does Brad sweet have a chance to pass Donnie in outlaw championships? Uh, right now, uh, if you aren't aware, Brad has four straight outlaw championships and seems to be that he might be on his way to a fifth uh, straight outlaw championship. And I think, you know, Donnie at this point is a 10 time series champion, I believe. And I think Brad is young enough to get there is obviously right now at the peak of his powers and could continue winning for uh, many years to come. 
I just don't know if we're going to see Brad out racing, uh, you know, for that amount of time to be able to get to that point, you know, in, in past interviews, you know, even with me, uh, you know, I interviewed him uh, late last year. Uh, you know, he talked about, you know, maybe not wanting to run until he's, you know, well into his 50s or, you know, some of these, uh, you know, some of the older guys that we've seen. So, you know, I know that Brad will get there just based on, you know, what racing he does and how much he does into the future. I think that's the biggest question versus whether or not he's actually good enough uh, and the team is good enough. And along those same lines, Chris asks, how do the stats of Brad Sweet's four championships in a row compare to the streaks that Donnie Schatz put together? In 2006 through 2009 and 2014 through 2018, he wants to know wins, average finish, top fives, top tens, DNFs, etc. Uh, so here are the numbers uh, that I put together. Um, really, Brad's four championship seasons don't super compare to uh, what we saw from Donnie and Donnie's domination. The closest one we have is Brad's 2019 season. 16 wins, 48 top fives, 66 top tens, uh, and an average finish of fifth. That is Brad's best season. Um, and I feel like you know, and, and I've talked about this on the show before, but the competition level has ramped up significantly in recent years. You know, we had a long time where we, you know, guys would win championships by, you know, triple digits, multiple hundred points. And, you know, we haven't had that kind of, uh, you, you know, championship lead from somebody at the end of the season in quite a few years. We also haven't seen guys win 20 races plus uh, in a season, you know, really since Donnie was doing it. Nobody in the last several years has won 20 outlaw races in a season. And it's just the competition level is ramped up. Everybody can have the same parts and pieces. And it's just really, really difficult to do that. So yes, Donnie had lights out seasons. You know, you look back at some of those years, you know, 2015, 31 wins, uh, 3.4 average finish, just completely insane. And we, but we just haven't seen anybody able to do that uh, in a very long time. Uh, Megsy wants to know, what's the biggest difference between a midget and a sprint car in the way they race? And also, do you know what the prices and expenses are on a midget versus a sprint car? Very different race cars. And I don't know if you're meaning winged sprint car or non-winged sprint car, but uh, midgets, you know, you, you talk about uh, power to weight ratio. A uh, sprint car is, uh, you know, a 410 sprint car has a power to weight ratio somewhere in the neighborhood of 1.5. You figure a 1,425 pound sprint car with 900 horsepower. Versus a midget, midgets weigh about a thousand pounds. You're looking at horsepower somewhere around 400. Uh, so similar, but uh, sprint car uh, way way higher on that power to weight ratio. Also, if you're talking about a wing sprint car, those wings make a huge difference in the way the cars drive. Uh, you, you know, those cars drive way straighter around a racetrack. They have a ton more downforce uh, and a and a ton more side force through the corner. Uh, whereas a you know a, a midget or a non-wing sprint car, you're going to drive a lot more sideways through the corner. Uh, and it's going to be a lot slower around a racetrack. In terms of costs, I've actually done two videos about that. Uh, if you go back to my Sunday show just this week, uh, Thomas Meserol does a great breakdown of uh, you know a lot of the costs of of sprint car or or at least of midget racing. Uh, he says a a brand new midget at this point uh, costs you about ninety thousand dollars. Where you know if you're going to buy a, a full four ten wing sprint car at this point, the car alone is going to be probably fifty grand. Then you can tack on another sixty five seventy thousand dollars for an engine. So dramatically more expensive to get into sprint car racing. But I'll link those two videos uh, in the description below so you can get a full rundown on uh, you know the cost differences between the two. Uh, Chase says if Kyle Larson ran a full outlaw season, where does he finish in points? And then how about Lucas in a late model? Uh, you know, I think with what we've seen from Larson, uh, you know, he would easily contend for a sprint car championship out with the World of Outlaws. And, you know, we saw a lot of that in 2020. Uh, you know, he made, I think, 27 outlaw starts that year. 44% of those starts were wins. He had a four and a half uh, average finish. So, you know, those numbers, you know, spread out over the course of a season. Obviously, Kyle would have stumbles like everybody does over the course of a 70 or 75 race season. But if he's able to keep up that kind of pace, he would 
very easily be in championship contention, uh, you know, versus Gravel and Brad Sweet and those guys. And I think he uh, would have probably fairly easily won the championship in 2020 if he would have run that season full time. It is tough to say on the late model side with what Kyle could do. He's he's had so few starts uh, with Lucas and with the Outlaws, you know, throwing some of the Castrol Flow Racing Night in America stuff. We know he can win, but again, you know, it's about consistency. And, you know, we've seen Larson have some struggles in the late models. Uh, and, and, you know, the guys at the top of those deals, you know, especially right now, Bobby Pierce and, and Ricky Thornton Jr., they are so lights out every single night. So it's a little bit tougher to say what Kyle could do. I think the other kind of thing we haven't uh, really talked about when it comes to Kyle running a full season is him being able to focus on those things. You know, and even in 2020, when he was winning all of those races, he was still doing other things, midgets and some late model starts. And, you know, right now he's got the full cup schedule. So, you know, if he was able to focus on a full late model season, that might change things. And obviously, you know, he can get up to speed so fast. Uh, so, you know, I think that would probably be a big help. But whether or not he would be able to compete for a championship, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure. I think uh, I don't know that we have an, enough data to really say, uh, you know, whether that would be the case or not. Uh, TP asks, what is the premier late model series this year, World of Outlaws or Lucas? I, I think that is an insanely difficult question and one that maybe doesn't even have an answer. If you look at, you know, I think the very top, you know, you're seeing it right now between Ricky Thornton Jr., Bobby Pierce. Those guys are kind of neck and neck, uh, you know, for for big wins they've had this year. And, and they, you know, each one on both sides, Bobby Pierce has won with Lucas and Ricky Thornton Jr. has won with the Outlaws besides their wins with their respective series. Uh, if you look at, you know, I think the very top of Lucas, if you talk about the top five, six guys are probably stronger, you know, as a whole than the top five or six guys out with the outlaws. But I think the outlaws might be a little bit deeper down through the field. And if you look at something like the dirt under top 25 drivers uh, right now of that top 25, nine of them are full-time outlaw drivers and six of them are full-time Lucas drivers. So I think that's maybe where you see a little bit of separation for the outlaws. Uh, is, you know, there may be a little bit deeper, but I do think, you know, you start talking about O'Neill, Ricky Thornton Jr., Overton, McCready. I think that very top Davenport, I think that very top of Lucas is maybe just a little bit stronger than the top of the Outlaws this season. All right, that's it for the Q&A. Thanks to everybody who submitted questions. We will do this again very soon. All right, a couple of things to talk about before we shut down. The Western Sprint Tours Speed Week is going on right now out west. Last night, they were at Cottage Grove Speedway in Oregon. It was Dominic Selzy going to victory lane over Logan Forler. They had 23 360 sprint cars. A lot of California guys up there, Selzy, Willie Croft, Tony Gomes, Chase Johnson. They're racing every night out there through Saturday. They've got stops coming up. They're at Coos Bay tonight, Douglas County, then Southern Oregon, Silver Dollar, and Placerville on Sunday to close out that Speed Week. Up at Ransomville tonight, Super Dirt Car Series is coming in for a 7,500 to win show. This is Matt Williamson's home track, so he'll be a big favorite tonight, I think. Uh, he needs to try to run well and try to close this gap up to Matt Shepard for the SDS Championship. The season is starting to wind down for those guys. Uh, only four races left until Super Dirt Week. Then after Oswego in October, World Finals is the only racing left in 2023. Uh, you can watch live tonight over on Dirt Vision. And with the iRacing World of Outlaws late models on Monday night, it was all Blake Majulis at Williams Grove. He had a couple of rough weeks in a row. He missed the feature at Knoxville, finished outside the top 10 at Peevely. Uh, last night, though, he led all 50 laps from the pole uh, with championship leader Evan C. second and Logan Rumsey in third. Uh, Caden Huntingcutt had a big charge through the field after starting 17th. He was actually up to third and battling for second late, but a, a mistake with just a few laps to go let L uh, Rumsey by for the final podium spot. With just uh, three races left in the season, C's lead has grown to 80 points. Looks to be fairly secure at this point for the championship. 
The final run to the end includes races at Eldora, Lincoln, and Charlotte. You can watch these shows for free on Monday nights on Dervision and YouTube at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's it for the show today. Uh, hit the stream schedule over at dirttracker.com slash watch tonight to see your options for today. You can also check out all the day's headlines uh, over there on the front page at dirttracker.com. Hope you guys have a good Tuesday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.